And before we jump into the next episode of the Yalabad Podcast, we have a message from Folklory, our audio service that takes stories from your loved ones, your friends, your family, and turns them into personal podcasts. So if Valentine's Day around the corner, if you're still looking for a gift for that significant other, a folklory just might be the thing that you're looking for. But why, Harish? Why? Because from our experience, you know, recording with guests who want to talk about their their partners, their wives, their husbands, uh, there's a lot of wonderful things that come out from a conversation of like 30-40 minutes about why you love a certain somebody so much. Uh, things that have made uh, us smile, have made them smile and which ended up as a perfect gift so so it's it's great for you know sharing your thoughts your memories uh, and your favorite stories about your loved one and why we we are even more excited is because we're going to be giving away two free folklories for valentine's day all you have to do is go to our folklory instagram and like and share the v-day post on your own ig your own ig stories and tag us so tag the folklory that's t-h-e-f-o-l-k-l-o-r-y and do it by midnight on sunday 5th february and we'll announce the two winners on monday and why why is that deadline so special terence because in spite of the very tight deadline we guarantee that you'll receive your folklory by 14th february just in time for valentine's day so you can please your significant other so make sure to check out all the links in the description for any more details or check out thefolklory.com to find out more. And now, on to the podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Ba, 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 ba. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news. With a touch of what, Terence? Good old uh, humor, yeah. That's right. You lost the cadence, la, Terence. No, I was just yeah, trying to think of something. Uh. Excited to talk about today's one because um, stuff today because it's to do with one of your big man crushes. La. So I was going to say something Actually, that... I was afraid it would get, become a homophobic, so I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't say this guy is a man crush. La. I mean, oh, okay. yeah, we can get into that. La. We can get yeah, into we'll that. Get to that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's the midweek today. Today, mm. honestly, I'm looking at sun, and mm. I'm not. I'm not excited. I'm not yeah. excited. I miss the grey weather. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. You miss the grey weather. And, yeah, I miss uh, the grey weather. But it's not the end, lah. It's still cloudy. It's still a little bit cloudy, right? Yeah, la, It's the beginning of the end, lah. Yeah, yeah. It's the beginning, beginning of the, of the end. end. It's the your beginning pits, of the your end. pits are gonna get sweaty again. Yeah, you're gonna have to start. You're gonna have to start showering more than once, more than uh, more than once every two days. Huh? <laughs> no, I just start checking already, lah. I just start checking like yeah, that. Yeah, that bit, I'm like, oh, no, shit, no, it's moist. In, you don't need. You don't need to check anymore. You oh, know it's moist. Check. Yeah, correct, yeah. correct. Oh, yeah, mm. fuck, man. It's no the kind of thing you no once you go and take a poop in the toilet. Do you ever need to check? Do you need to use toilet paper? You have to, right? You, you don't. Bidet, bidet. No... I'm a bidet. Oh, yeah, team bidet for life. Team fuck, bidet person. So you do you do you need to check? Do you use bidet? No lah. Or you always you always use lah. Yeah lah, always lah. No, as so, in like if I actually it's quite what? interesting. So, like <laughs> when you use toilet paper, like do you feel like you have to use a lot of toilet paper to feel as clean as a bidet? Yes. because uh, it's a big yeah. thing, right? Like there's a lot of toilets, public toilets that don't have bidets, so you're forced yeah. to use toilet paper lah. Yeah, exactly. That's why if you find a public toilet with a bidet, it is like striking gold. No? Mm. It's almost you have to think, okay, I might need to go in three hours. Can I expedite the process now? Yeah, yeah. Just to, and, if you're going to be out the whole day. La. And for all the people, the Chinese majority listening to this, um, <laughs> you know, I, I only realized it was a real big thing la, when Harish started to really, you know, get obs- tell me obsessively about his love for bidets. And I realized like, yeah, la, it's, you know, um, I don't know whether it's, us Chinese or something, we use toilet paper primarily and not bidets. Yeah. So it's quite a it was quite a revelation in my adult life that oh, there's a huge swath of the population that doesn't like using toilet paper that yeah, much. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. 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 Even uh, when we got our our studio space, I remember the the toilet. I was like, we, there better be a fucking bidet. Inside. <laughs> yeah, that was your first, your <laughs> one big request for a bidet. I yeah. was like, I don't care. No windows. No, no. Of course, windows uh, would be nice, like, But a bidet, bidet. As an aside, yeah, is you. there any, like, like, do you use, like, uh, if there isn't a bidet, is there, like, a water bottle with a little <laughs> tube or something that you bring yourself 
you drink from it, then you also can use it as a bidet. You just turn it upside down. Or a something. little, a little attachment uh, that I screw onto my water bottle. Uh. No, no. <laughs> then you have to fit. Then you have to fit the toilet bowl and use it yourself. No, 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 no. no. Okay. But that being said. That feels like a potential product idea, man. Business idea. The, the Yalabad bidet attachment. Oh, uh, yeah. The water bottle slash bidet attachment. You drink from no, it but, and you also use yeah. it as a bidet. No, but I'm telling you, like, people listening to this podcast, you're either team bidet or you're team toilet paper. Like. I've never met mm. anyone who is, like, somewhere in the middle okay with both. So, mm. if you're listening, just take a moment and pause and think. Are you team bidet or team toilet paper? And if you are one or the other, go talk to someone who might be on the opposite side. Yeah. Or you might yeah. already know, like, you might already know. That's, that's what Yellow Bud is about, like bringing two, yeah, exactly. two sides together. A bidet user and a non-bidet user talking I mean, about the honestly, news. <laughs> honestly, it has been on my mind, given our name, to if we ever do sell merch or something, it's either going to be like boxes, toilet paper, or something to do with a bidet. A it bidet. just fits. Yeah, it just fits fits so nicely. Like. And which which content creator would sell merch like toilet paper, right? Mm, mm. That in itself is Yellow Bud. Yeah, so, Yellow Bidet. So, Yalla Yalla, Yalla sell both, uh, that's the point, uh, right? Like, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> two perspectives, two ways of cleaning your butthole. Yeah, yeah. So sweet. I think we've just we've just created another way to to separate, to divide people, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, <correct. laughs> yeah. Team bidet or team toilet paper. Cool, right. man. Alright. Hmm. Yeah. Shall we? Shall we jump yes. into Oh, before that. No, but before that yeah, we before... wanna plug something. Uh, something that has been quietly in the works the last couple of weeks, uh, right? Uh, mm. And then, Harish, you want to do the honors? Yeah, it's just that uh, I mean, we've been we've been up- uploading our Ministry of Funny YouTube videos onto our Ministry of Funny Instagram, um, just to expose expose those videos to a new audience who maybe have not seen our ancient videos all the way back from 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014. Um, and shout out to Tristan, our teammate, who's been diligently uploading them and coming up with cool captions. So. Please check them out, uh, and hopefully, if you enjoy them, just 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 share them on your on your stories and and whatnot. And they're also on TikTok. They're also on mm. the Ministry of Funny TikTok. And, and we're plug- of, yeah, yeah. We're also we're plugging what? it because it's actually very relevant to what we're discussing as a first topic as well, right? Yes, yeah, correct, correct, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that first topic is uh, I mean, if if you are a consumer of online content, especially YouTube, you probably would have seen. This video in particular, if not a video by the creator, um, the video is titled, what is it titled? Uh, shit, shit, shit. Uh, okay, the, in this, no, it's, it's titled, wait, what's the title of the video? I think it's Mr. I cured 100 people, 1000 people's ah, okay. blind. Yeah. I cured a uh, thousand people's blindness. Yeah. Uh, shit, what is, this is so one thousand blind one thousand blind people see for the first time by Mr. Beast. Right? By Mr. Beast. Ah, okay. Yes. Okay, so yeah, so that's the name of the video. Um right now I think it's number two on trending in Singapore. Globally, it's probably on every trending uh, uh chart. Mm. And as of now, two days later, there's what, sixty seven or six almost seventy million views. Mm. So mm. so it's it's literally that like he and his team they fund and record reactions of a thousand people uh who've been cured of blindness, basically cataracts like cataracts um mm. and and talk about some other things related to uh preventable blindness, so mm. it's gotten a lot of positive uh feedback, but it's also caused some controversy so mm. Terence, when you first saw this video right what what do you have any like like Inner, inner feelings and what's going to happen or what's going to go down. Um, to be honest, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of Mr. Beast videos. I mean, I think they're interesting ideas. They're cool, okay. But the videos themselves, I don't find them particularly super engaging to watch. Or what you know, like hmm. uh, compared to what uh, PewDiePie or you know the OG YouTubers, where I would you know it's really about the personality, a Casey Neistat or or a PewDiePie kind of. Uh, YouTuber where the personality mm. really comes through and that's what you come back to watch. I think Mr. Beast, if anything, is like the high concept YouTuber. Like the idea yeah. of the video is the thing that draws you in but you could replace him as the host with anyone else and the video would still stand. You know, whether mm. it was the Squid Game video or, or this video. So, 
I wasn't like, uh, it's a huge deal that I know that I'm going to be blown away when I watch it. You know, for example, when I watch a Mark Rober video or even a Casey Neistat video when on the occasion that he releases one. Um, mm. But yeah, I saw that there were a lot of uh, uh, positive comments, but also some backlash about it, which only is, in, is inevitable because he is the biggest YouTuber on the world right now, right? Yeah, yeah. So so maybe just to give a TLDR of who Mr. Beast is, if you still for some reason have not heard even that, that term, uh, mm-hmm. he currently has 130 million YouTube subscribers on his own channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the highest like individual or personality-based uh, YouTuber. It's not the biggest YouTube channel because the biggest YouTube channel is uh, T, T Music, I think. Um, T Series. Uh, T Series. Which mm-hmm. is, yeah, which just uploads like uh, Indian music and it's not. It's run by a company, lah. So he's the biggest individual YouTuber across mm. his other channels. I think he's got more than two hundred million subscribers, and he has like thirty million followers on Twitter. So he's huge, lah. He's yeah. fucking huge, um, and uh, he's he's built up some sort of an empire, lah. I think his team has about two hundred plus people. He has Mr. Beast Philanthropy. Uh, he has his own burger brand. He's done a lot of like pretty cool initiatives, like planting twenty million trees with Mark Rober. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's and and his style of videos, like what Terence said, it's almost like extreme, la. Like, you know, the beauty of YouTube is that anyone can become a YouTuber, or at least that's the mm. belief. But his yeah. videos, there's no one you can't replicate it without spending a shit ton of money. I think his Squid Game video costs like five million mm. to make, no, mm. a YouTube video, yeah. right? So, so it's always borders on the extreme, la. So, like you, when I saw this video, I didn't actually click on it because as much as it might seem, I have a man crush on him. Uh, la, la, la. I, I, I respect his business acumen. I respect his ambition and drive. He's only twenty four, no. Mm. But the same thing, la, The videos never really compel me. Mm. Um, and this one, I figured there might be some twist behind it. I don't know. No, actually, no. I didn't think there would be a twist because he does do this kind of stuff. But I just have felt no compulsion to click it, la. It's only when mm. you suggested this as a topic, and I'm like, okay, let me finally watch it. Mm. Um, and in the eight minute video, basically he, uh talks he introduces like the problem which is like millions of people suffer from preventable blindness which is just mm. cataracts yeah and it can be solved by a 10 minute operation so mm. he partnered with a hospital the doctor gave some insight into the procedure basically they suck out your cloudy lens and they put in an artificial lens and he got a thousand people from around the world so he and his team flew to different countries like vietnam jamaica um uh, of course the u.s and did the surgeries for free line. He captured the reactions of the people who had the surgeries. Mm, Most of mm. whom I think came out with much better eyesight. Yeah. So, so what, you know, you mentioned there was a lot of positive, but there was backlash. What is some of the backlash, Terrence? Uh, I think some people are, okay, on one level, uh, there's a lot of people on Twitter calling him out for you. It's as if it's charity porn, where he's mm. basically using these people's uh, misfortune or inability to pay for healthcare as uh, as a, a clickable video to create for his audience to get 68 or whatever, 70 million views and then mm. to make money from that. Uh. Uh, so there's one level of criticism. The second level of the backlash is, um, I, I think, a general feeling of distaste that it requires a millionaire or billionaire philanthropist to come forward and want to make a YouTube video about curing 1,000 people for these thousand people to receive a basic necess- necessary healthcare procedure la, that people are asking why can't it be paid for by public services or government or, 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 or someone other than just a random philanthropist who decides I want to make a video about it. Mm. So uh, that is mostly to me what um, the two levels of criticism are. Am I missing out anything else that you've seen? The, there was one more about the thumbnail, la, which is basically him and a a child uh who has like his eyes just un uh, like unbandaged and mm-hmm. happy with what he sees la. so i don't think the child actually features in the video uh mm-hmm. but is that kind of like very youtube kind of video with the mouth open and like yeah. just like uh, exclamation la. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. uh but that was just the aesthetics of it so you you mentioned two la one is the criticism towards mr beast like poverty porn and mm. the criticism of the issue itself, like why is this so? Why is it such a difficult process for 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 people to do? Like, what's holding mm. them back? So, do you 
Do you agree with the criticism of him? Because we have spoken about him. We have spoken about the Squid Game video and, and our yep. thoughts on it. But in this case... Um, yeah, so I think we are quite uniquely placed to talk about this, right? Because mm. in our history as YouTubers as well, we did do certain videos that, in a similar vein, where we are, you know, working with, uh, whether it's underprivileged or marginalized groups to try and highlight the issues that they face, uh, via our videos, uh. And like our there's always, la. yeah, yeah, five half. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. We did, yeah. uh, <coughs> we will put links, uh, but, we did a prank where we dressed Harish up as a as an elderly cardboard collector and um, basically got a wrestler to body slam him into a pile of junk <laughs> and see how people would react to that. Elderly <laughs> abuse, uh, primarily. <laughs> so it's not so much yeah. about cardboard collector, it's just about elderly it's abuse. Elderly because abuse. I think there was a topic of discussion about how the elderly in Singapore were not getting um, taken care of and in fact were being abused by, by uh, people at home and all that. Uh, domestic violence or so we wanted to make a video about it and uh you could in some sense argue that yeah we we used that issue to make a video and get clicks from it so we've spent a lot of our time in our past making pranks around social issues or 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 another one that comes to mind is our labor day video where we also interviewed two uh, migrant workers and uh basically had them to tell us about their experience of being a migrant worker in Singapore, what was difficult about it. And I think the major irony was when they mentioned that uh, they had actually had a hand in building some of these beautiful, bright skyscrapers in Singapore, but they've never had a chance to step foot inside or even enjoy the fruits Mm. of their labor. Uh, And what we did was uh, in a very Mr. Beast-esque kind of moment, we said, hey, let's bring you to Sentosa and have you sit on a, what, what was it? Uh, what the was it called? Flying, um, the flying tree, fox, right? Tree, the flying tree fox. Top, no, tree top, yeah, tree something like that. La, the yeah, flying tree fox. top flying fox so that you can enjoy yeah. the view and enjoy the so uh, apparent fruits of your labor, la, right? So that was a video yeah. that we did that had a feel good ending to it. And uh, in, in I think what we were also trying to do was to highlight the plight of some of these uh, migrant workers la, who are who are who also for, for various reasons are not able to go home, la, right? Mm. Um, so yeah, we have that experience and. That's where I thought it might be interesting for us to talk about this because I, I wanted to ask you, like, how how do you, what what do you feel philosophically about content creators, uh, you know, featuring underprivileged or marginalized groups in their videos and putting as clickbaity titles as possible to get people to click on it and all. Well, very skillful, uh, Terence. I ask you the question, then you go on one big roundabout and then throw it back at me. No, because you you are the guy. <laughs> That we dressed up as the old man. You are the guy who like cosplayed as under under underprivileged old man and, and all that, right? So cosplay my ass. <laughs> you're the one you're the one seen in the video. So, you know, you you'd be yeah. better place to, to talk about it, like, right? Yeah. So so my take on it is that if if you do something that that generates uh more awareness that that doesn't like doesn't harm people in the process and doesn't undermine or trivialize the issue, I'm totally fine with it. I'm totally mm. fine with it. Um, uh, bec- and, and that's why in this case also, I feel like, I think the criticism of a Squid Game video, that one I agree to a certain extent. Um, mm. But this one, I totally disagree and I think it's fucking stupid. Uh, the, the the disagree with the criticism? Yeah. That, oh, okay. that you know I mean they were, part of the extension of the poverty porn criticism was that he was if he really wanted to help he wouldn't have to make a video of it because the video mm. he'll make money from the video um, mm. so if you really wanted to help why do you have to stick cameras in their face um, yeah we get it you're rich just help without making a, a video and you're exploiting them for, for content la. so mm. I completely disagree um, uh, that which kind of extrapolates from, from my own belief about it la. but what about mm. your answer to your own question uh, I think, like you, very similarly, I feel that if a content creator, one of the biggest content creators in the world, is using his platform to inform more people about something, and at the same time also deliver some charity porn, uh, what's wrong with that, right? Like he could be mm. doing a lot, a lot uh, more frivolous kind of topics, like 
I bought a thousand Teslas and crashed them all or sunk them all in the sea or some crap like that, right? And it would cost around the same mm. amount of money. Um, but it wouldn't do anything for the rest of the, for the rest of us. Lah. In fact, like from this video, I got a better understanding of like how cataracts work and how this kind of surgery works. And it's interesting to, to know. And yeah, even there being outraged about the, the fact that there isn't a, a universal healthcare for a lot of these people, which would cover them for some a simple procedure like that, that made me interested to go and read up a little bit more about it, uh, and watch some mm. other YouTube videos of like eye doctors who were talking about it and all. And generally, mm. even the there was one particular video from eye doctor who was reacting to this, and it was very positive. Uh, he's saying that even the even the graphics that Mister Beast was using in this video were actually really good explaining how this surgery works to people. You know, obviously mm. there are some inaccuracies with regards to the the recovery time and all that. But you know, generally the, the surgery doesn't it does you don't instantly become uh you, you don't instantly recover overnight and be able to see, but it takes about, you know, six to eight weeks or whatever, like, right? Uh yeah. so so those things uh, I guess, you know, for whatever for brevity or for for making the content more uh easily consumable, they skipped over all that. So I, I don't blame Mr. Be- Mr. Beast for doing that. Uh, the only thing I would say is that, um, yeah, I felt that the video was a little, it had a very feel-good element because I think we didn't mention that he, he also was just throwing out money and throwing out gifts to, to the people who got cured of their blindness. $10,000, $50,000, sponsor their college education. Uh, he even bought one of the kids a Tesla, a kid who doesn't have yeah. a driver's license, a Tesla, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that aspect of it, I'm like, mm, was that really, really necessary, uh, to do that? Cause, you know, there's a, it feels to me there's the element of celebrating materialism and all, but okay, lah, but maybe that's just, just, uh, you know, grasping at straws to, 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 to really make a point, uh, but in general, I wish that he had also gone a little bit more into why is it that, you know, certain countries don't have medical, insurance to cover this because what i what i learned was in the u.s general state insurance does cover a procedure like this for for cataracts so Mm. um you know mr beast doesn't explain whether he paid for it or he worked with a sponsor or or somehow did he tap on the insurance or something like that i'm not sure so i wish he had talked a little bit about that so that people can other than just a feel good element of it think about how else they can petition their governments or petition their authorities to look more into this issue. Because uh, I think that would be a, a greater, better effect of everything he's doing. Uh. But then but then, then it becomes a thing of like, how how much can he do with one video? Uh, because mm. if he goes into that sort of detail, then, um, I mean, if there's more info, if it's more technical, if it's more dry, it is going to affect how the video performs. Because one mm. big thing for YouTube uh, at least it was up till a few years ago. I still think it is is your your watch time like, How many people stay till the mm. end of the video, right? Yeah. So I think you mean the I watch completion. Gonna... You mean the completion yeah, percentage? Correct, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, correct. Retention rate, the retention. Yeah. Like. So so the the way YouTube works is yeah, like um, the more people complete your video, the better it thinks your video. The more it serves it to serves it to people like. And I think it is a fine balance how deep to go versus. Uh, how brief to go. I know I have been quite vocal about my issues with, say, content that Nas Daily used to create. I say used mm. to because mm. I don't really watch his content that much, like where he summarizes com- uh, socialism versus democracy um, mm. uh, in a three-minute video la, or, or, yeah. or something like that, la, or communism. That is too brief. But in this case, I actually thought he did a video that was enough to spark conversation and get people like you to go down the rabbit hole. Mm. Um, mm. because because the 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 thing is like if you want to go down all the technical details, it comes up to a fifteen minute video, twenty minute video. You're gonna you're gonna probably not get people to stay till the end, like. And one thing that a lot of these articles that they cover, including Forbes and all, um, they they only touch on or at least they. Well, what I found funny about the articles, right, is they are the tweets they highlight right about the criticism mm. don't actually have that many likes or retweets no let's say a thousand likes right mm. um, but Mr. Beast's uh, tweets or like the tweets of people who are supportive get so much more mm. but they, they there's this thing that almost the a few are picked out and that causes one article to be written and it feels like it causes like a whole sequence of other articles to be written um, mm. And some of them also have a little... You can tell they are biased. Like. 
Yeah. Like I was reading the Forbes one and one thing they say um, about Mr. Beast like when talking, um, you know, with a with a particularly distasteful thumbnail really emphasized the fact that this simple life-changing medical procedure has become content because of the fact that it's inaccessible to those who need. And mm. uh, they also reference like another Twitch streamer called ha- Hasabi or something. Mm. Uh, uh, where there was just this clip of him reacting, saying, you know, when I watch this video, I feel enraged. Uh, and the article wrote, you know, this also kind of pissed off this YouTuber. But if you watch the full video, the YouTuber says he's pissed off because he cannot believe why such a procedure is not made accessible to the public. Mm-hmm. And he's more pissed off with the system. So the reason I give that context is um, in the general space of YouTube and mainstream media, there's 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 been an ongoing tension for the longest time. Because like, the mainstream mm-hmm. media, the big boys... They always they've they they've always seen YouTube as like, hey, you all are just amateurs, la. Don't don't enroach and encroach on us, la. So mm. this is my my conspiracy theory. I would imagine that these companies, a lot of whom are struggling to get clicks and views, are realizing that here's a guy who started a company that is getting like a hundred times more reach than them. So any mm. chance to shit on him, right? They will take it, and. And that's the only way I can internally justify like why would they spend so much time writing an article criticizing him based off of a handful of tweets. So that was what I got from it. Mm. I mean, it's just they're sort of, I guess, trying to be contrarian in some ways to also to also get some clicks. Why would people be contrarian? Yeah, yeah, I mean, why? It's, it's basically, why? Who, who does that? It's the, it's the mainstream media way of, of saying, uh, uh, oh, it's, it's pronounced omelette. You know, that's the mainstream media's way of reacting to this. (laughs) (laughs) They just find something that completely makes sense and then just like says, oh, no, 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 it doesn't make sense. This is the way it makes sense. No, but um, there's a lot to unpack in what you said. I think, uh, I don't get me wrong. I think the video is still great for what it does for society and all. All I'm saying is a little bit more information or a call to action of what people can do to help also, I think would be mm. useful. Like maybe, hey, do you know that a lot of people in your country also could be getting this help? Maybe you could donate to these causes or petition your governments to whatever, you know. I know I know he's not a politician, so that's not what he's trying to do. But um, the thing is, after you watch a video like this, what do you do? Like other than feeling good mm. and feeling like, oh, he saved, Mr. Beast is saving the world. Like what can you as a normal person with a nine-to-five job and just watching a YouTube video after vegging out work, what can you do to help? Uh, that's where I feel like, you know, there is, a, it just, it's just a small thing that I'm thinking can be added to the videos. So I'm not saying that the video is bad or that he should need to add, make it a 15 minute long video and talk about all the intricacies of the healthcare system to do that. Cause everyone else will do that for him, you see. But for him, yeah, so- I, I wish he had direct, there was something to direct people towards some kind of call to action. But I mean, in the first line of the video description, it literally says, "If you'd like to support more of the site's restoring work, visit cinternational.org." Mm-hmm. So, uh, but you see, I, so, I didn't look in the description. Uh, I'm the t- type that just watches the video, and after then that, I don't whose know the problem is it, Terence? <laughs> no, no, that's where I mean, you have to put it in a place where people will actually look, right? You, you can't, you can't blame the you, when someone's driving on the road. You don't. You don't blame them. Hey, you never, you you never turn, you never look up in the sky and see the sign there. They're saying there's a stop sign here or anything like that. You got to put a stop sign where it's visible <laughs> for people, right? The traffic light, the traffic lights in the sky doesn't mean that I can see it, right? No, that's one thing I always find weird about. You know the the things that warn you about the steps. You know, there's a step. They put it on the step. Uh, you mean what? What you, warn you about what steps? As in, you know, like when you're getting off the bus or some ledge. Oh yeah, yeah like yeah. they will say, "Oh, watch, watch your step or yeah. down." Yeah. The thing is, if you if you're not, not the, you will fall off the step when you're not <laughs> looking there. Exactly. So yeah. why the hell would you put the sign there? Yeah, yeah. You know? So so okay. So I mean, but that's a that's a whole other pet peeve. But the one thing that I I I saw someone point out also is that the okay if you understand Mr. Beast or uh if you know the way he does things, uh he does claim to to want to give away all the money he makes and to reinvest a lot of the money he makes into doing shit like this. Mm-hmm. So, if if you take that blind faith, um, just by watching the video, right, you are helping because mm. by driving up the views, you are allowing him to get more money to do stuff like this. Of mm. course, of course, things could very quickly go south with that mm. sort of blind mm. faith. Yeah. You know, 
Um, to the point that I think some people were calling him the Antichrist and then on Reddit someone yeah. pointed out, no, but he's more like the modern day Jesus Christ. You know, he has <laughs> millions of followers. Yeah. Right? He, he he does good. Um, yeah. But but basically, yeah, lah, there's, and, and I think people were calling him to be president. He ran a vote on Twitter. Uh, 183,000 people voted and 70 plus percent want him to be president, but he's only 24. Mm. So, that's the only thing that scares me about, wow, he's becoming like, He's becoming so influential mm. and so big, yeah. and you never know, like You never know what could happen, lah. Yeah, and just, just, uh, I think going back to what you're saying about uh him becoming president, right? What you're seeing is a is a very edited edited aspect of who he is as a person, right? Uh, he mm. says he kills a thousand people. I don't know how many people he actually sat down with and recorded videos with, and all. And what happened to the rest of the, you know, the, the 980 people that weren't featured in the video or what, like, right? Um, mm. How did that work? And, and and of course, there's no, probably no audit that's going to be done to see if he really did it. Or did he just donate money and, and, and just get it done? But uh, that's where, yeah, you know, I think it's as much as, yeah, he's doing a lot of good in his videos. Uh, you know, his history of, of his videos, like the Squid Game video, for example, kind of... You know, the whole point of Squid Game as a show was really about how, uh, you know, how the rich people were using uh, poor, desperate people as playthings in just a, in a game, like right. And mm. and then he went on to spend five million dollars to literally create a game where where people won life changing money by by participating in the challenges, lah. Which ends up being mm. like like now everything on Netflix and and all the reality shows on Netflix are basically that style already, like right. So so yeah, that that yeah. kind of like um. That's where I felt like, okay, his videos are always entertaining, but they always skip that level of engagement or discussion that should happen after a video like that comes out. You know what I mean? Um, mm. And I see that as a theme in a lot of his things. Like, like there's always a very high concept that's very interesting that hooks people to come and watch it. You watch it, it's all right. It's semi-entertaining. It's heartwarming. But then after that, I always feel like, eh, the ending always like, okay, what's what's next? Like, you know? Uh, mm. Are we waiting for Mr. Beast to... You know, you know, cure climate, save climate, save the climate, or something like that. Is that his next video? I mean, he he's planted the trees and all yeah, that. Probably but, la, yeah, probably la. <laughs> But yeah, it's almost like you have to just sit there and just wait for Mister Beast to to do something like As opposed to you know, how else can people help la, Right? Um, yeah, but I mean, that's, that's where, also what people's go on, go on. Yeah, so so that's where just a little tiny critique, if anything, of of what his approach, I would say. Um, you know, coming as content creators who have done uh, similar-ish kind of content, but of course without the same reach that he has, like, right? The same the same mm. views, same reach. But we've tried, every time we do that content, we do sit down and ask ourselves, what is it that we want people to take away from the video, like, right? And and mm. I think we consciously try to make it a point that that there's some some takeaway from, for people to... That even if it's very on the nose telling them, hey, you know, go home and hug your family or something, at least give them something that they can also do outside the video to to really uh make a change, right? Mm. But then then it comes down to the the same thing about I mean ultimately YouTube it's not free to air, you still have to click, mm. right? Mm, mm. Um because then it comes down to different approaches of doing the the same video. Lah. Of course, yeah. Where it becomes tricky is like doing the same video in like a one minute TikTok will have a very different feel also, right? Mm, Eight-minute mm. video versus 20-minute video. They're all different feels. Um, so, so, question, and, uh, question. Sorry, because you're talking yeah. about styles of videos. You mentioned yeah. uh, the big N just now, Mr. N himself. Yeah, Nas Daily. Nas Daily, right? Yeah, Nas Daily. Um, so, if Nas Daily, if his videos had, you know, it was like three-minute summary of, of a problem in a place. If his videos were accompanied by, oh, I cured 100 people's blindness by by doing this kind of thing, would you feel better about his his videos if like there's a charity oh, element in front of his videos and then and then after he talks his mean, three minutes uh, summarized spiel about a topic? Wow, then it becomes a thing like how willing are you to tolerate stuff that is maybe not the best if it does mm. good lah, right? Mm. <laughs> right. Mm. Uh, Wow. I think I think that one that one hard to say like. I think it really depends. It, I wouldn't say it's a blanket no, uh, mm. or blanket yes because it, 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 just as you were saying that the one thing I was thinking about that you do see online is you know those those um, African uh, safari those those game safaris mm. where mm. basically you pay shit tons of money 
to kill one lion yeah. so that they can use the money to save the other lions. Conservation, and, right? Like, yeah. And conservation. So that always, when I think about it, I'm like, oh my God, I don't know how to think about that. Mm. I don't know how to think about that. And like what you said, like if if someone does something that, okay, maybe is not the best uh, subjectively, if you pair it with something that that allows him to do a lot of good, does it mm. make it okay? And mm-hmm. I don't know, Terence. I don't know. What, what What about you? No, yeah. So just to to think about a specific example, like when Nas Daily did that video with a feature Lee Sien Long in it as well, right? Maybe if he yeah. started that video, like, I went around Singapore and and you know gave a uh, hundred homeless people like two hundred uh, hundred dollars each to you know to kickstart their day or whatever. Then after that, he went to meet Lee Sien Long and, and shake hands with him and feature him <laughs> the video. Kickstart your day. No, I said, I said, just give them something, no. give, give something a charity to, to, to make, make the world a better place. And then he goes to meet Lee Sien Long at the guns by the bay. And would that, no. I think maybe, maybe in some sense, you'll, you'll, there'll be less grounds to, to criticize his actions. Uh, that's what I feel. Uh. But that, that one feels more like poverty porn. Because, mm. like, okay, for let's say Mr. B's video, he still gives the context of what the condition is, how much it costs, mm. um, and and talking about preventable blindness and why it's an issue uh, mm. that mm. not everyone has access to it. Uh. Whereas yeah. if it's just like someone just going up to homeless people on the street, here's $200, <laughs> here's $200, here's $200, and now Lee Sien Loon. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> la. <laughs> that is poverty porn. Yeah. That is poverty porn. Yeah, I think that's where content creators do need to to think about like yeah, la, how how the actions also affect the environment and the people that they are, you know, uh targeting for their content. Because uh yeah. I, I, I think uh for, for me also, yeah, la, like I mentioned earlier, the giving of the Tesla and all that, is that I didn't understand that those that those aspects of things la, like you don't need uh, uh, why why are you giving a kid who doesn't have a driver's license a car? That's like that's that's just straight up weird and probably illegal. So no, right. he has a license. He has a license. Does he? He said he doesn't have a yeah, license. Yeah, yeah. He was driving towards Yen, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. He did. He said he didn't have a license. That's why I remember very clearly. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he oh. got a, a go karting accident. That's oh. then his eyesight got worse. But he actually doesn't have a driver's license because of his eyesight. Yeah. Mm. So it was kind of no, but- it was a bit strange, like, The whole thing. But one thing I think this also highlighted is this notion, which I think still is present today, like that if you want to do uh, philanthropic work, if you want to do good, you cannot make mm. money while doing it. And mm, I why, hate uh? that mindset. Um, because I mean, I'm just seeing like, like okay, for the few tweets that go that that articles were about, it's almost yeah, uh, they do say that you know if he really wanted to be philanthropic, philanthropic, mm. why why does he need to couple it with a video that makes him rich? He's doing it only for clout. Mm. Uh, mm. no lah and, and that's something that uh, I mean last time also I used to do like like uh, work in the development world and microfinance and until that before that became shit and mm. it always uh, struck me lah, like non-profits and all is it the best working model to solve social issues lah? and um, yeah it's, it's just like uh, the fact that you can't make money uh, while doing good is just a very it's almost like if you feel if you're if you're helping the poor but and you mm. make a hundred like hundred fifty thousand a year, oh cannot. Even though you might be the best person making the most impact for the lives of the poor, you cannot earn that much. Mm-hmm. And I think I think there is that that notion. I I don't know why I can I can imagine why, but I also get a feel of that here, like that. Wow, you know, just why don't you use the money to to film to even pay for more surgeries? No like, mm. and I think that's a very very annoying uh, belief. La. So you are saying that, the, uh, you know, going back decades to the NKF scandal when uh, the, the the head of the NKF Titi at the Durai, point of time, Titi Durai, Titi Durai, installing golden taps in the NKF office was a, was a it's okay, what? what's wrong with golden taps if you are helping a lot of people? Parents, <laughs> parents, yeah. This is the example of someone who listens and hears only what they want to hear. I will say, I will say <laughs> that that the one thing that I only found out later about Titi Durai, of course, the gold tabs and like flying first class and all that one is 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 unnecessary la. But mm. the way he, I think at that point in time, he raised the most amount of money per non-profit employee uh, compared to any non-profit in the world. I think so. I think mm. oh, there was some stat that. 
he actually did a very good job at that. La. And yeah, la, it, it feels like there's a bigger story there that we will never uncover. But um, so yeah, I think, that, I think what I, you're saying is uh, there's, we separate the corporate governance issues from from the individual's ability, la, right? Like, like why, yeah. how would the, how, why, how is it that golden taps could be, you know, gold plated taps could be approved for what is essentially yeah. an office, like, right? For, for, for the company use, like, right? Uh, yeah, and yeah, flying yeah. and then the policies regarding flying business class and all that, like, right? Those are separate yeah, from, yeah. from what the individual salary might be. Cause I think the, the famous words were, oh, there's peanuts to whatever money he was able to raise for NKF, like, right? I think he was what? Making $600,000 a year or something. And people are outraged mm. by that, but, um, you know, a comment was made that oh, that's peanuts compared to what he actually raises for NKF, like, and and maybe it was, you know, and and that's the the context that people, I think, at that point in time, a lot of things were being, um, you know, uh, there were a lot of overlapping things that that were actually separate discussions, like corporate governance versus, you know, a person's individual compensation and all that, right? Mm, exactly, exactly. So, so it's an interesting debate, like, that's been around for the longest time, and. And um, it's been, even been written about extensively. One book that mm. a good friend of mine referenced is called Uncharitable, How Restraints mm. on Non-Profits Undermine Their Potential, which was mm. about this guy whose non-profit company raised $582 million uh, in, in, in funds over nine years, but his company mm. was still put out of business because people were not happy that his employees were being paid market rate. Mm. So mm, then it becomes right. like, he raised $582 million. Uh, yeah. So So yeah, it's... So that's why I'm I'm curious to know what other people listening think about this. And if you haven't watched the video, uh, I mean, go watch the video, like, even though you feel like you might be contributing to capitalism, just go mm. watch the video. I just want to know what people think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, man. yeah, I mean, going from uh, uh, talking about frivolous ways in which people can spend money <laughs> com- compared to something much more helpful for society. Uh, I think our next story is about someone who seems to be seems to be quite frivolously uh, spending money on lawyers, like, right, in Singapore. Mm. And it has now become an international story as well. And what is this story? Yeah? International? Is international? Yeah, yeah. It's on the oh, Independent. Uh. Uh, the Independent, which I think is a UK, UK, uh, uh, UK newspaper as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it is the news that uh, of a man who is suing a woman uh, because he wanted a romantic relationship with her and she didn't. Um, so mm. he's suing her for causing trauma, uh, emotional, emotional trauma. trauma. Yeah, emotional trauma. So, so I mean, the whole chronology of stuff. I think, like, based on what I gather from the articles, is that. Um, they became friends. Uh, they met in 2016. They became mm. friends in 2020. Uh, apparently, allegedly, they they became misaligned in how they saw their relationship. Mm. Uh, while the woman regarded the man as a friend, the man regarded her to be his closest friend. And I think this yeah. is official, official facts, lah. Right? Yeah, yeah. In court so, documents. She, yeah, and so she asked her interactions to be reduced. He was displeased. And he felt it was taking a step back in the relationship. La. And then mm. she set boundaries and urged him to be self-reliant. So then, uh, in later that year, he issued her a letter of demand, threatening mm. legal action for, and I quote, monetary damages arising from negligent infliction of emotional distress and possible defamation. Mm. Then there was a text message exchange. Uh, he said she could either comply... Uh, or to to de- deepen the relationship or suffer irrevocable damage. Um, mm. So then mm. he went for counselling. She agreed to participate in the counselling and she did for a year yeah. and a half. <laughs> a year and a half. And then yeah. she felt it was becoming useless. Then in 2022, um, I think he didn't come down. Then she started harassment proceedings. And then he filed a court claim in the in the high court in July 2020 and it just escalated from there la, and it was a, mm. a magistrate's court's claim for alleged breach of the steps to better align their relationship mm. Mm. oh my god um, <laughs> yeah so so you can imagine this is like the friend zone issue go, getting blown up la. yeah yeah so it's uh, yeah TLDR is basically a guy is suing for for being friend zoned right 
for being friendzone. Yeah, correct. correct. <laughs> and Which it's is, three million. You know, it's a three, three, three million dollar claim. Yeah, yeah. This is the kind of thing that uh, maybe if you just broke up and you're feeling really shitty about everything, this is the kind of thing you wish you could you could do. But but probably someone will probably one of your friends will probably come and smack you in the head like, please lah. Are, yeah. are you kidding? <laughs> this is like stupid. But it, I think this one is really the, he took it all the way lah, right? Yeah. And I mean, my favorite Reddit comment so far when I saw it, like, wow, like that, how many people are masseuse? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I mean, like that, I also have yeah. to sue. I also have to sue a lot of people, man. Yeah, I also yeah, have to yeah. sue. So, so, okay, so, but okay, that's, that's I guess, our first takes on it. Like, but mm. is there any side of this that you can see having some, some semblance of justification, some semblance of being reasonable? Uh, The thing that I'm, uh, I mean, I'm not sure about what I can say to, to, to bolster his case or anything like, cause it does sound rather extreme to me, but I would try, yeah. I'm just trying to understand why is it that she agreed to go for counseling? Cause it's not like she needed the counseling or anything like that, you know? Um, but she literally for a year and a half, she attended counseling sessions with him and the counselor to try and, um, I don't know what, like to, 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 to men, you know, keep the relationship, uh, you know, still at a distance, but not, but, but make him feel better. But cause that seems to me like, uh, you're also giving false hope to the person, like, right? In some way, um, mm. by, by, it's like, it's like marriage counseling, like, kind of, if you're in a relationship with somebody, if you agree to go for, if you're, say you want to break out, then, oh, let's go for marriage counseling. Uh, if you agree to go for marriage counseling, usually it means that you are, you hope to be able to patch things up, like, right? So that's mm. where I'm like uh, a bit puzzled how, how, she, what, how she was convinced to go for this counseling. You know why the counselor would think that that is a good idea, uh, and and yeah, if, if there's anything more to it in the interactions that that really that maybe we're not seeing in these court in these court court files, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why exactly because, like, uh, it just it just feels weird. That's why, yeah, like like what you said, it feels there's a lot more that's yet to be unpacked mm-hmm. because it just feels like there's something off, like. And then and then, uh, upon further digging, because I mean, okay, the the identities of the people, like at least their last names, are have been made mm. public, yeah. right? Not um, their full names, I think. Right. Not their full names. Yeah. Um, no, the but full names the, have been in, made public, right? Uh, it's just Mr. K. Uh, I mean, I guess we can say the name, right? Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. The article, right? It's yeah. It's 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 Mr. K. Kaushigan and um, Nora Mrs. Miss Nora Tan. Yeah. Right. So I was just wondering. Okay, like it feels like there's something off. Um. So so one thing that he did uh say also in the court documents is that mm. um as a result of her breach. Uh, his earning capacity as an active high capital trader by night and a busy CEO by day has been negatively affected. Um, and I was thinking, mm. oh, so so I mean, if he's the CEO of a company, let me just Google the name. La. And mm. he is apparently is the CEO of this company called D1 Racing, which is a drone racing company in Singapore. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then um, it is the D1 Drone Racing is also the organizer of... Um, the New New Year's Eve beach party and drone show 2022 at Siloso Beach, which was cancelled mm. and got a whole bunch of backlash for by ticket holders not getting their refunds back. Mm. So it just feels like, uh, wow. That's why, in addition to there being some uncovered stuff for this case itself, it feels like this guy is at the center of not just one controversy, two controversies. Mm. Who is this guy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. It's it's a strange one, uh, Like, but uh, do you, would you do you, have you ever? What was uh? I'm sure you've been this this kind of situation where you've uh maybe felt kind like, of friend zone, kind of friend zone or something like that. Like, uh, how does it how does it feel? Uh, do you think it's possible that that yeah If if it was available to you to use legal action, do you think you have you have gone that way? Like, do you think you'd be so angry that you would you would go down that road? Ah, uh, okay. So I remember being in really shit situations uh, where I was like, mm. "What is wrong with me?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that kind of thing. 
Um, I I think at that point in time, the whole legal action route didn't didn't strike me uh, at all because I wasn't aware that this is even a possibility. <laughs> Uh, you, got, you need a I you need a better lawyer. You need a better better <laughs> yeah, legal representation. <laughs> yeah, none of my friends happened to be lawyers at that point in time. Mm. What the hell? They were still studying, uh, yeah. so they couldn't advise me. But um, I don't know. I I don't think it's a case where let's say if I wasn't married now and I was still dating and I cannot friend zone to the max. I know more about law now than I did. Whether it would mm. even be a consideration, I would still say no. Would you? Mm. It's and just don't way give me too much. Shit, you never cannot friend zone before. No, no, of course, but um, it's just way too much trouble, right? Because I think uh, even if you get friend zoned and everything, if you go and read up like how to get over this kind of friend zoning, the the advice is always like the the best revenge is indifference or something like that, lah, right? Mm. Uh, so don't appear so affected by everything, lah. So, so I I guess that's a that's the crux of what a lot of people will tell you how you get over how to. How to get over a friend zoning, like, right? Is don't mm. literally don't show yourself being so affected by it. And in some ways that might actually make you seem a bit more attractive, like right, to, to the other person. Mm. When it looks mm. like you've you've already gotten over it very quickly and you're living your best life. Like. Uh don't don't take yeah. any relationship advice from me, because I'm not I, I've been out of the game <laughs> for so long. Uh but but the general I think it is very true. It's the crux of it. It's like there's no way to make yourself more attractive to somebody who already has really friends on you other than by moving on and, and being the best version of yourself that you can be without the person, right? Yeah. Why are you laughing so oh, much? No. Huh? Why are you laughing so much? <laughs> because another option to deal, <laughs> another option to deal with friend zone mm. is use a work trip to France as an opportunity to film yourself having a great time. Mm. This causes a good friend of yours to want to start a company with you, yeah, doing yeah. <laughs> a business in the content space and yeah. making podcasts, so that twelve years later you can talk about the incident that happened uh, back in twenty eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you do you like uh, like every time you we release a podcast? Do you like? Copy the link and then like send it to the person <laughs> who friends on you. If say, no see where up, please, <laughs> please, la, no way, no way. The hell, no, I saw you recently no, but- posting about. Um, I think one of the shows that you appeared in is on Netflix, right? Can we can say it, right? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. yeah Kamokakis, right? And then like, is on Netflix. And then I was chuckling to myself when I saw a lot of people commenting, "Wow, Harish, like <laughs> from the days of you jumping into a from into a fountain, and now you're on Netflix." <laughs> And I'm like, dude, dude, he's shilling for he's shilling for the SAF and everything, man. Like, can we can we no. like calm down on the calm down on the the congratulations? Yo, Terence, don't sh- don't rain on my parade, man. <laughs> no, but the only the only reason I posted it, uh, aside from just okay, like like wanting to promote the show, the people I work mm. with and all were great. I do want to do a better job of posting online, um, mm. and like like uh. About the shit that we do, about the shit that I care about, and stuff like that. So I, it's an effort, lah, Terrence. Don't shit on my effort, uh, okay? To but play after the you social got, media game. You you look through the likes, lah. You see who like, and then you see if any of those <laughs> girls with friends on you <laughs> liked it, lah. Then if they like, then you send message. No. Hey, oh, I I haven't checked, but maybe I will, lah. Yeah, maybe yeah, I yeah. will. No, what I wanted to say, right? Okay, so in this case, if you read, he did say that, um, or at least the there was one part that uh he said he he felt. He was the her uh like she was his closest friend while he felt that uh he was she, while she felt that he was only a friend la, right mm. so then I was thinking okay if you think about marriage and divorce right mm. uh where pe- things can get messy yeah. things can take a legal route and all mm. is it just the fact that marriage is bounded by law so mm. if it gets messy you will have to go back to law. Uh, but ultimately, it's still a relationship between two people who are emotionally invested in themselves. Uh, mm. without 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 kids yet, la. So when it comes to friends, right? Can there can there be ever a case, be it now or in future, where someone is so wrecked by a relationship with someone that maybe it's almost like like uh they were misled, la. They were strung mm. along, la. And let's but, say but, they really gonna gonna screwed, like you mean? Is there no legal recourse at all? But you can't equate marriage and friendship because marriage is. It's literally a contract, right? It's a legal mm. contract that you sign with the state, with between each other as well. And and mm. there are there are protections, there are procedures, there are like very clear protocols to follow for you to uh you know, to enjoy the so called benefits of marriage. La. Whereas friendship, like I know sometimes even the line between acquaintance and friend is so is so hazy and so hard to define, right? 
Like, are your mm. colleagues, are your colleagues, your friends, uh, is someone that you had coffee once with? Is that a friend or is it a colleague? Hey, heck, even people who we sit down and talk to on our podcast for three hours at one go, after that, I don't think we even say hi to each other when we see each other outside. <laughs> it has happened before, right? Where God? Like, no, if we see each other, I was like, where God? No, not you and me. I'm talking about like whenever guests. Oh, a guest. Sometimes see, like we have guests on that. I'm like not confident that if I see them in public or they see me in public, that we will necessarily will say to hi to you. <laughs> <laughs> that we are necessarily friends and we'll say hi. Lah. So yeah, it's such a, it's such a great area between friends and acquaintance. That how come can you, oh, if you have to start setting a legal precedence for how, what a friend is, that's like a, as a wormhole to, that, to, to dive into. Lah. Maybe maybe that's how the institution of marriage came about. Maybe back then, you know, people mm. were having sex with each other and fucking and all mm-hmm. this, like making kids and all. And at one point, they started wanting to be like, you know what? I'm going to do the equivalent of suing you, like uh, whatever that was thousands of years ago, uh, mm. thousands of years ago. And people were like, okay, look, we need to we need to bind some, some rules around this. And apparently, marriage, the earliest evidence of institutionalized marriage was about 4,350 years ago, like. So maybe yeah. there might be a point in time where there's a contract for friends also or like dating. <laughs> yeah. A pre-marriage yeah. contract. Yeah, a pre-marriage yeah, yeah. contract. Right. Or maybe so, just like, so, some, like you have to kind of just like, it's it's kind of like the personal data protection stuff that goes on these days. Yeah, exactly. Like, you had, like exactly. when you get an email, you have to reply yes in order to be subscribed on the mailing list. So it's like, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah we, correct. You can literally send someone saying, hey, are we friends now? Yes. If yes, please use your SingPass to log in and just click yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That then if thing, you uh, are dating, if you're dating and you buy something together, you know, mm. now when you break up, like who gets what? You never know what, right? Then there might correct, be correct. a dating court to go to. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, who specialize in these dating contracts that are severe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, is helping, we're helping to shape an infrastructure around your friendships, huh? That's another yeah, business plan on top of the the Yala <laughs> Bide that we talked about today. Yala Bide and Yala Bata yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Yes, yeah. I mean, I didn't even know it went international, but I guess not surprising, mm. like, given that it was getting quite a lot of traction in Singapore. Mm. Man, if, oh, man. If, if, what's the, what, what's the most aggressive thing you did to someone who friends on you to try and show that you, you know, to, to, to whether it's to show that you are over that person or anything like that? Or do you say it already? Do you say it already? Like taking a trip to France and making videos about I think, it? I think maybe that was the, uh, wouldn't say the most aggressive. That was, uh, yeah, like the situation felt like I could make some something out of it. Aside from mm-hmm. that, I don't know, like just having awkward conversations, uh, like trying to still get somewhere uh, and facing a wall. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. Uh, and, and why is it focused on my dating life, Terrence? Uh, <laughs> Because mine was so long ago, I can barely remember. But yours is still still Don't more recent. Don't say it, eh? no. Hey, I've been in. I've been with my wife for like five years, really, lah, dude. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> No, don't say you've you've just got married. You've been with, you've been attached for five years. But at least, oh, yeah, at least yeah, you you still went through the whole you know more recent dating phase and all and all. And that's why I'm asking, lah. Yeah. Okay, like, okay, like, okay, okay, okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, but for I don't for, even, huh. for for me, I, I think if anything, it's just like uh trying to go by the mantra of, of living your best life, lah, right? Whether it's using mm. social media to post post stuff about yourself <laughs> and all that, lah, right? But other than that, like nothing more than that. Lah. Nothing nothing close to seeking legal action for it. Lah. Yeah. Yeah, lah, yeah. Lah. But who mm. knows? Maybe we are in the dawn of a new age eh, where people maybe. see this they're like, oh shit, I can sue people now. Yeah. yeah. So, you I mean... never know, man. We'll see what the court says, but it doesn't sound, doesn't sound like it's one of those things that will really go through. Lah. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, uh, yes. Man. Cool. Yes. Um, as always, we like to talk about what's your one shot comment. Uh, and what yes. is your one shot comment of this? I feel like I know what your one shot comment is going to be, la, But uh, mm, I will. I will let that be. Unnecessarily. Uh, okay. Uh, so I mean, from someone who I haven't seen comment, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it is a uh, lie. is here twenty two on our. Mm. Previous on the Reddit post of our previous Yalabot episode, yeah. uh, uh, they said like, uh, "Hi, Terence and Harish, guests are great, but the Terish combo is the best." I've been a long time listener mm. based in Seattle. Thanks for accompanying me while mm. I walk my dog in the morning and keeping me up to date on what's happening in Singapore. Also, since you're subscribed to HBO, recommend giving White Lotus a try. Wow, Seattle. Mm. My only issue is like, why is it Terish and not not as opposed to uh, Harens? 
Harris. Was it Harris? Yeah, Harris. Harris or Harris? Harris. T e r e s h. E s h. I was just count, trying to count the, the number of、uh, the number of letters. Whether she was trying, he or she was trying to be fair. Harris. Harris. But Harris.、Uh, Harris. I mean, maybe there's a there's a poll we should we should run. Maybe there's no, a poll we should run. You no, know, no. My my immediate thought is that T is a consonant, right? So it's a it's stronger sounding than a H, lah. So Harris. There's no like people might not think about the Terence when they hear Harris. You know what I mean? Is it? But when you say Terence, the T E R must come from somewhere, right? Ah,、uh, I don't but, know. But, but, like when I hear Terence, I can feel like it's a muffle, uh, muffle sound or someone in another room talking about property. Like, hey, how's your Terence house? <laughs> Terence. No, but okay, but you've been referred to as Resh, right? Resh, bro, Resh, yeah, bro, Resh, and things like that. <laughs> Nobody hey, says to me, "Yo, like yo, Broads." Oh, that, that, yeah, yeah, that's a that was like a bro zoning that that you got right at one point in time. I remember. Yeah, bro, very, very clear. Yeah, they call you bro, bro rash. So the rash friend zone. You, 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 are, you can be defined by rash, but I can't be defined by runs. That doesn't make sense, you know. Like nobody、tuh、calls la, me runs. I've heard people call you tur.、Eh. Exactly. So they said tur tur rash lah. Yeah.、Uh, so that's the best of both worlds, right? You know what? We're just gonna run a poll. We're just gonna run a poll, <laughs> and I want to see people vote. Ter- yeah. Terish or Herons?、Mm-hmm. Cool.、Right. Okay, that was my one short comment. Uh, yeah, my one short comment is uh, actually, it's just a bunch of comments because I haven't, admittedly, you know, since I was away, you know, I didn't really even been following our TikTok that much. But、uh, yeah, that surprisingly, our TikTok has been, uh, you know, it's been getting a bunch of nice views on certain topics we're talking about, and uh, yeah, I think the the biggest surprise was that I think Tristan posted the video of. Of me tearing up when we listen to our listeners,、uh, mm. you know, s- sending messages to us, and、uh, yeah, that that video itself on TikTok has got like you know sixteen thousand views, which is one of、oh, our higher higher views already. Although not a lot of comments, but people are saying that one just one from Hannah was saying that I welled up too. Gonna keep listening. So yeah, pretty、oh. awesome that that people also are emotionally、uh, you know affected by by stuff that happens on our podcast.、Uh. Yeah, sweet man! Wow, cool. That's awesome. Cool, cool, sweet. Cool. Yes. And what about your one shock thing, man? Uh, yeah, I think uh, one shock thing I came along, I、uh, came across recently was that every year there's a、uh, there's something called the I don't know if you, if you know about it uh probably uh but it's called the Puskas、uh, FIFA Puskas、mm. Award, right? It's、mm-hmm. and it's an award、yeah. for for the most I think the most spectacular goal. Goal that、mm. scored across any league or any competitions around the world, that right? And、mm. and apparently, I think recently they've been releasing videos of all the nominated Puskas Award goals in 2022.、Uh, mm. From what I understand, there's a uh, there's a whole there's wait I can't I can't tell how many there are lah total. I think like ten or something like that. So there are a lot from like you know players that you know of have heard of like Mario Balotelli. Things, but there's one in particular that I was very impressed by, and it was、mm. by a player called Marcin Oleski, Oleks, Oleski,、mm. Oleksi.、Uh, or that's the team name. I'm not hundred percent sure. But basically,、uh, in a nutshell, because you know, in case you don't watch the video, you should go and watch it. Still, in a nutshell, it's basically people with one leg,、uh, you know, and crutches playing football, and this、mm. guy, one of the players, scores a bicycle kick goal. With one leg, huh? as in he's a one-legged player, and he scores a bicycle kick goal、oh, off、shit. his crutches. Yeah, so I mean, it's I don't I'm not doing it justice by the way I'm describing it, but you should just check it out because when you watch it, you'll be embarrassed about wow. Even with two legs and 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 you know two hands and everything, I can't do something like that. And this guy does it with crutches and one leg, lah. Yeah. Oh shit! And that、mm. happened when that that is it is for the past year, lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, I think there are ten nominees for 2022, and this is one of the goals. That was nominated, lah. Uh, uh, basically, a bicycle kick goal from a one-legged player, yeah, from across from、oh, another、shit. one-legged player, yeah. It's pretty crazy, lah. Yeah, do check it out. Wow, that's awesome. And、yeah. it's together with a compilation or like a standalone? No, no. There's a whole playlist of、uh, yeah, Puskas Award goals. So most of them are able-bodied uh, uh, players and all, lah. Whether it's men or women or what, but this is the one that that stood out to me the most, lah. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Wow. Cool. 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 So, what is your one shock thing? 
Uh, my one shocking thing is this uh, comic, uh, that online comic that I came across recently. That's been around for a long time. You may you may have mm. heard of it. It's XKCD. Have uh, you heard familiar. of XKCD? Very familiar. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's before the time of the the oatmeal and all that, and mm. it was basically uh, a lecturer, I believe, who mm. started this this comic. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know about as, this. Yep. Yeah, he was a. Uh, it was created in two thousand and five by an American author mm. who basically, uh, as a student, I mean, he drew a lot of charts and maps and stick figure battles. Uh, mm. while growing up, la. Mm. Uh, then in two thousand five, he started just scanning his doodles and post putting it on his website, and yeah. that blew up, la. And now he's he's got a pretty pretty awesome website, which he describes as serious answers to absurd questions and absurd advice for common concerns. Mm. Um, so basically, he'll take like a ridiculous question, like, "Could I cool down the Earth by capturing a comet and dropping it in the ocean like an ice cube in a glass of water?" Mm. and scientifically break down why that is not possible in a very mm. readable way. Okay. Um, and what would happen if everyone on Earth stood as close to each other as they could and jumped, everyone landing on the ground at the same instant. Mm-hmm. Then he goes on to explain it scientifically. Like, and his comics are hilarious. Right. And and why do you suddenly start reading them again or seeing them again? I think I, I saw something on Twitter uh, where someone scanned uh, doodles from his grandfather and mm. they were like, the what are the the undistractable games, undistract undistractable puzzles. Basically, puzzles that are so simple it won't take take time, like, And it's a bit it's a bit satirical, like. So, someone tweeted that saying, "I guess uh, humor runs in my family." Then I looked up this guy. I was like, "Oh shit, this is the guy behind XKCD." Then mm. I started going down the rabbit hole of his website. I'm like, "Oh shit, his comics are awesome, man! If you like like the oatmeal, the far side, uh, this is some good shit, man." Mm, Wait, but cool. why? It is good. It's good. Cool, cool, cool. But yeah, cool, right. man. Another one in the bag. Sweet. Another one yeah. in the bag. Uh, and uh, yeah, so start of January, February already. Yeah. So Welcome to Feb, man. Yeah. Welcome to Feb. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Okay, talk to y'all soon. <laughs>